but it's about learning and gathering experiences and trusting that you yourself are good enough to go out and try something for yourself without having to dogmatically follow an instructor. And that's really where my heart lies, is empowering people to go, you know what, you're good enough to take this information, make it your own and go and share it with other people. I think sometimes knowledge is too closely guarded. Welcome to Seriously Catherine, a podcast about taking your business seriously, but not yourself. All right, this week's hot take is all about driverless vehicles. I find myself, I mean, even though I do own a co-working space or I'm a member of a co-working space and I have a place to go, I still sometimes find myself like working in my car. So the headline is, is your next co-working space the backseat of a self-driving car? And I have to say, like, this is very, very interesting to me. Like, a, like riding in your car by yourself is like moment in time in my life where I have silence. I have solitude. I am like with myself. More times than not, I would say I'm just like quietly sitting in my car thinking. You know, like really good ideas come to my head when I'm driving in the car quietly with no one bothering me. So I like the idea of a driverless vehicle. I feel like it can give you so much more time in your day, especially if you're a commuter, like if you have to drive to work every day and you you have that time where you it's not wasted you could like actually be working um i know a lot of people listen to podcasts while they're in the car so if you're not a commuter it's like you gotta find that time somewhere else in tv shows high-powered executives sit in the back of black escalades taking important business calls while their chauffeurs navigate city streets now picture that but without the chauffeur actually make it no driver at all so we actually saw these in san francisco when last summer and we saw waymo vehicles which are the driverless Ubers, essentially. And I believe they're rolling out in Los Angeles and Las Vegas, like major cities that will allow driverless vehicles on the road. I don't think New York State has allowed this yet, so I don't think we're going to get them anytime soon. But this is like a milestone. Sometimes I'm like, I'm a little more confident in the machines than I am in humans because people drink and drive. They drive high. They drive while they're texting. I mean, where, where are the holes here? I mean, so like big, big names are behind this, like Volvo, Audi, Cadillac, BMW and Mercedes Benz have recently leveled up their automation cap- capabilities. So we've got major auto brands are dabbling in this technology, which is really exciting. Let's just face it. I mean, right now, all the rage is like electronic cars. That's my hot take. So I don't know what this is. I don't know if this is a hot take. I don't know if this is a Saratoga thing, but... This morning was signups for the City of Saratoga Springs Rec Center Summer Camp Program. Now, I have to just like let you all know that Posey and Ruby, those are that's my nine-year-old and my six-year-old, are obsessed with Camp Saradac. They're obsessed with the counselors. They're obsessed with the programs. I just like I can't speak highly enough of this camp. It's amazing. It's also affordable, which is you know, hard to come by these days. I mean, most camps are between three and $500 a week, which is redonkulous. But the rec center is affordable. It's accessible. The kids are having fun. They love it. It's active. There's a new theme every week. Anyway, today, this morning at 7 a.m. sharp, it was up to me to log on to the rec center website and register my children for camp. And I failed. I failed miserably. It's by 710, we were already waitlisted for six out of the eight weeks. No bueno. This is literally 10 minutes. 10 
minutes after it opens, which is at 7 a.m. I was like proactive at 6.45. I logged in and I'm like going to go do this. And anyway, my whole point is that like it is like the Hunger Games, like truly the Hunger Games. If you want to sign up your kid for the rec center, Camp Saradac, you got to be on top of it. You got to have like everything all squared away already. You got to have your payment account set up. You got to have immunization uh, records ready to download or upload into the program. You got to hit finish. If you don't hit finish and you back out and you come back in, no, you're done. You're SOL. It is intense. Anyway, send me ideas because my kids are waitlisted for six out of the eight weeks. Well, can I just add that there is another camp that more details coming soon, but there's a new business opening up on Beekman Street. It's called The Atelier. Save the date March 23rd will be the first weekend of spring as well as the grand opening for the Beekman Atelier. And my point is that the Beekman Atelier confirmed that they will have a summer camp. So hopefully it'll correspond with the weeks that I didn't get into rec center. So needless to say, it's a stressful experience for me. I definitely feel like a failure because I didn't get my kids into the damn rec center camp. And I mean, come on, though, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. That's what I have to say about that. Stay tuned. I'll, I'll update you. Hi guys, well I'm on a little adventure and speaking of adventure, I'm so excited about this week's episodes. My guests are Andrea and Callie from the Grab Life by the Rains podcast and they have mastered adventure. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. I'm so excited to have y'all on the show. So my husband and I are currently in the process of buying a piece of land and we got so lucky. It's like crazy that we were able to find this. It's 26 acres. And what's the rule of thumb? Like for every acre, you can have a horse. Is that, have you heard of this before? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Are you planning to have 26? <laughs> it's a good way to start out. Just buy a herd. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've never I really been around Mustangs. horses. Yeah, I would love that. And then we'll definitely have to come have you come to Saratoga and like train a horse. I think I want a pleasure horse. I don't want a horse that has to like do anything but just be around and I don't even have to ride it. But I guess that's part of it, right? That's the fun in it. Absolutely. It's the fun and the the connection and the camaraderie with the horse is fantastic. But you're going to have plenty of room. Don't worry. We can fill you full of horses. Not a problem. <laughs> Well, watch out if you get your daughters started in horses because you see what happened to the two of us. Okay, so let's talk about that. <laughs> exactly. Like, how did you, how did y'all meet? I listened to the episodes. I don't know if you've ever really dug into, like, on the podcast, like how y'all met and how y'all have gotten to know each other and working together and all your adventures. Yeah. So it, it started when I was looking for an excuse to kind of get out of Dodge and spend some more time um, out of the country, out of the U.S. I was Googling around and I found this incredible film of two women that walked across Costa Rica with rescue horses. And uh, of course, I was instantly intrigued by this story. And then as I continued my research, I found that one of these two was Andrea and that she was living just a few hours away from an area in Costa Rica that I regularly went to work. So I went for a visit and the rest is history. Is that how you remember it, Andrea? Not exactly. <laughs> Close. Yes, yeah, for Callie, that's exactly how it happened. For me, I was in my little piece of jungle and I had students coming down to spend time with me to learn about connecting with horses and understanding horses at a deeper level, being a friend to a horse. 
And this lady called Callie King had booked in for a four-day intensive. I was like, great. So I never knew, you know, who was coming each time, but it was always fun. And we had these tree houses in the in the jungle that the guests would stay in and it was idyllic and on the first morning Callie and I hiked out to meet the horses and I thought oh she's a really cool girl and anyway she started working with my horses and I thought she's really good like how is she this good I'm not sure that there's much that I can teach this girl like wow how how cool that someone's come along that's this good my my week's gonna be really easy and she was on my horse and I took this beautiful picture of her, which, of course, I put on my social media. I was like, she looks so good on my horse. I'm going to use this. And someone wrote, oh, my gosh, you have Callie King there. And I'm like, oh, no, who's Callie King? Because <laughs> I was living in a, this little bubble in the jungle. So I quickly Googled and I was like, oh, my gosh. This woman is famous. She has a huge following on uh, YouTube. She's a massively accomplished horse person. So I marched out there the next late day and I'm like, you've got some explaining to do. Um, we were just firm friends after that because I just respect the heck out of her that she didn't go, hey, I'm Callie King and I'm coming down. You should know who I am. She just came in under the radar. Um, I mean, she gave herself away in two two minutes because of how good she was with horses. But it was kind of funny when someone was like, no way. I was like, oh, gosh, <laughs> I've missed something here. So, and we've been firm friends ever since. Fine, For that, the record, that... I learned a lot those four days. Okay, so I want to talk about this because, well, two things. First of all, when I moved from New Orleans to Saratoga Springs, I had never been around horses or didn't even really understand any of that industry. And I started working for a store on Broadway called the Saratoga Saddlery. And the owner was from Australia and he had a, it's called like Outback Clothing Company and shoes and stuff. Anyway, I was like immersed into the horse industry and Horse people, they're a different breed of people. From what I've met, the ones that I've met are very humble. I'm not talking about the horse track people. I'm not talking about like horse racing people because they are a different breed of people. But I'm just talking like your general horse industry people. They're so humble and they are just the most kind type of, you know, environment that I found myself in when I was like out of nowhere, didn't know anybody in this town. I would go to horse shows and sell leather seal. And I just like loved being immersed in this this whole community and industry it was so remarkable and just fascinating to me, like a whole new world, you know, that I didn't even know existed. So that was like one point I wanted to make. The other point is that the notion that you had to get out of Dodge, you know, like, and you had to kind of, I don't know if you were escaping or, or anything like that, but what a great sort of like segue into just trying something new, a new adventure. And just sort of like, you know, I say this a lot of times within my community, I have a co-working space, community space of people who come together. And I always say, you know, there's sometimes like a lot of fear that people have about trying something new or meeting new people. And I always tell them like, there are people out in the world that you haven't met yet that are going to love you sort of like talk about your experience before meeting each other and working together and then you know now and then the other point is like being a lifelong learner so even though Callie was this badass horse person and so knowledgeable and so well respected in industry she's still signing up for courses and classes to continue learning and to to really develop her craft and it would be nice for for you Andrea so we'll go with Callie first about sort of like getting out of your comfort zone and trying new things then Andrea you could tee up on like you know there's like 
I'm sure there's so much new skills and and things that you can just constantly be learning and adventuring together. At first, horses in my life have not only been a huge source of joy and the passion and horses, you know, they are my life, but also they have been an incredible excuse to do all of the crazy things that I want to do and make it sound somewhat reasonable to the outside world. So for example, when I wanted to spend more time in Costa Rica, I decided that I was going to go start doing riding tours in Costa Rica and then um, go spend time with Andrea and make more friends there around horses. When I decided to move to Mexico, I said I was going to Mexico to train for the Mongol Derby, to train on endurance horses in Mexico. So it's always true. I always go and do those things, but I'm a little bit sneaky sometimes at using the things that I want to go do with horses as also an excuse to just go make big life changes. But to answer your question and to speak to the idea of continually learning, I love the concept called beginner's mind, that whenever we can go into something, but also do something that maybe we know quite well, and we've done for a long time, but we can keep that concept of beginner's mind, we can be open to so many new opportunities and so many new ways of doing it that we don't get stuck in a rut. I mean, I think we've all worked with people in any kind of field or craft that they're doing it well, but they're doing it like their mother did and like their grandmother did. And they're continuing a lineage of a tradition. And there's a beauty in that, but there also can then be a stuckness in that where there's not a bringing in of new learning and new ideas. And I've always loved being able to try to keep both, you know, to honor old traditions and in horse training and working with horses. There's so many beautiful, classical, old traditions. But there's also so much new that people are bringing in from different fields that science is showing us about behavior and that people like Andrea, through her exploration and her experiences of you know doing the trek and just having all kinds of amazing life experiences, can give. So I'm always wanting to learn and striving to keep that beginner's mind, even with the things that yeah, I do know pretty well, or, you know, at least I've spent a lot of time doing, but I still can learn right alongside the beginners. Yeah, I love that. Andrea, do you want to add anything? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with everything that Callie's just said. And I think especially, well, it's not just with horses, it's with everything. There's so many layers in things that when you're a professional in something, as Callie is, as I am, and professionals in any field, it's really easy to go, I really know my craft. I know my job. But horses, every single horse you meet is different. Every single horse has something to teach you. If you can punch your ego in the face every day, get it out the way and go, what can I learn from this? So I always say I'm a never ending student of the horse. I don't ever want to stop learning. I still study myself. I seek out people who I admire and try and learn from them. But it's also about I don't want people to necessarily come and learn from me. And I, I feel that Callie feels the same with her students and then just dogmatically follow our system. I always say to people, think about it as baking a cake, travel the world or the internet world or the instructor world, learn as much as you can from everyone you come into contact with and take all of those ingredients 
use the ones that work for you and make yourself a cake and try new flavors, try new cake, change it all the time. And that's not meaning, you know, you can see sometimes people that ping pong all over the place and they don't stick to anything, but it's about learning and gathering experiences and trusting that you yourself are good enough to go out and try something for yourself without having to dogmatically follow an instructor. And that's really where my heart lies is empowering people to go, you know what, you're good enough to take this information, make it your own and go and share it with other people. I think sometimes knowledge is too closely guarded. Oh my God. Yes. I, I'm like about to cry because it's so, it, it is so applicable to everything in life. And I sort of feel like, you know, once you have a passion and you know what you want to do with your life, I think a lot of times people don't know what they want to do. They're like, well, I don't know what I like. I don't know what I'm good at, or they only want to do what they are good at, which is total bullshit. But it's like, you know, I remember feeling mm -hmm. that way when I was just like, you know what? I don't even know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do. I know. I remember I used to tell people all the time, like, I like to show people a good time. I'm, I like to pause party, but like, I can't be passionate about, about that. And I've learned, you know, through my life experience that you can actually make money and, and do that for a living. <laughs> so that's sort of like, I've, I've found my way into community building, economic development, bringing people together. I'm a great connector and I get so much joy and fulfillment out of when I see somebody else connect the dots and they can advance themselves and literally giving them the permission to say like, yes, what, whatever you got, going is enough so far. Just get started, connect with this person and go do the damn thing, you know? So I just think I find so much reward out of helping people sort of like get into that arena. And like, what is it about what we have in common, that passion? Where did you find that? And how did you distill that in yourself? Do you want to go first, Andrea? I lived and breathed horses my whole life. My, my family were into horses. So horses were always a part of my life. But as a young person and a young adult, for me, it was all about what can the horse do for me? And then I wanted to leave England. I wanted to go traveling. I wanted to live in another culture. And I moved to Costa Rica and it changed my life completely. It made me have a broader mindset and look at the world through other people's eyes instead of just from our, quite frankly, very privileged position in the countries that we perhaps come from. The purpose for me was I wanted to share with other people experiences that aren't necessarily just someone telling someone what to do from a place of this pedestal, but from getting down in the, in the dirt with them and being really honest and truthful about experiences you've had in your life that have been really difficult, that have been really challenging, that have made you perhaps have more compassion instead of choosing to turn down a darker path or learning to embrace really good habits in your life rather than letting the past catch up with you, so to speak. So it sounds really deep, but for me, it was about letting people know your passion, but not from this place of being up on this pedestal thinking you're better than everyone else because you have this knowledge, but by going, hey, I've had times in my life where 
in this instance, a horse has scared me or my confidence has been knocked. But hey, I picked myself back up. And just being honest, you know, so many times when people are in a position of being a professional, all you see is this polished YouTube video of how great everything is. You know, the Instagram life, if you like. And I wanted to share that actually life's complicated. It can be messy, but you can still find the path of joy through the middle. And Costa Rica did that for me. You know, their national slogan is Pura Vida, which translates loosely to finding the path of least resistance through life, regardless of what it throws at you. So teaching and inspiring, but from the level that everybody else is at, the normal true life level down in the trenches. Yeah, Callie, do you want to add anything? Yeah, that was really, really beautifully said, Andrea. To me, passion for something and, you know, horses are one of many passions in my life. It just feels like like a pool that life puts in front of me to do something. And then it's an active choice. And sometimes that's an active choice every day of, yeah, I'm going to keep following this pool. I'm going to keep, you know, putting in the work, doing the consistent habits, doing the things that I know will help that passion to flower. Because sometimes in the beginning of starting something, whether it's starting a activity like working with horses or riding, whether it's starting a business, in the beginning, it can be hard. And you need a little bit of that, Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do this to keep stepping forward. And then there's there's parts of it where it just hits that flow where it feels like it just really pulls you along. And to me, those are such beautiful moments, but they all come together because then sometimes you hit a point where you just have to say, okay, I'm still feeling that pull. It's maybe not quite as um, strong and easy as it was, but I'm still feeling it and I'm still going to keep doing the things each day to bring me forward. Yeah. So like I told you guys, I'm from New Orleans and up until I guess I was 21, it was my second year of college, was the first time that I had been on a plane across the country to go experience something else. And to sort of give you a backstory, was in school at uh, USM Southern Miss in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And Katrina hit the second year of my college experience. And, you know, everyone we knew lost their house because, you know, we lived in New Orleans and everyone that even we were friends with in college. College was also from New Orleans. Everyone lost their house. It was just total destruction. It was crazy. Uh, my college roommate at the time, her her parents moved to Olympia, Washington, because they had family there and they were older, and so they were just like kind of like like getting out of Dodge for a little bit, seeing where everything was going to settle. So the following spring break, my college roommate, best friend Mary, was like, "For spring break, let's go to Olympia, Washington." And I was like, "Hell no! I don't want to go to the Northwest during spring break. I want to go to the beach. I want to go drinking. I want to go." partying, you know, and she's like, well, I want to go see my parents. And, you know, I think it'd be good for you to get the hell out of this, like, cultural like party scene and go experience something else and it was the most life-changing thing it was transformative and I think how can we get more people to do that you know because I again I I think back on a lot of people in my life that are just have never left New Orleans they have no desire to try anything new they have no desire to 
challenge themselves in a way that will transform them. And I think maybe that there's some fear there. Maybe they're just, they just don't know what they don't know. And I get so frustrated because I'm like, you don't understand how incredible of an experience this is to put yourself out of the comfort zone, try something new, fail probably for sure. You're going to fail, but to live with no regret is the most amazing and powerful thing that I feel like I can give to myself, that I can give to my children, that I can give to anybody else that I come into contact with. Like, yeah, sure, you're going to fail. You're going to fuck it up. But who cares? No one actually really cares. No one's really paying that much attention to you, you know? So get out there and do it. I feel like being as confident and what is the word I want to describe for you guys? Because you you have just this amazing energy, right? So I'm sure you attract the types of people who are going to pick up what you're putting down and they want to go on adventures with you and they just think like the world of you. So how, how do you sort of like combat that with anyone you might meet that, you know, kind of gives you pushback or thinks you're crazy for doing all this adventuring? And I have that sort of shared experience and it can sometimes be really difficult to continue to defend your way of life when it's so different than, you know, what people may have imagined for you. I'm probably not the best person to answer this because I'm the girl that sat on the beach in Costa Rica swigging rum out of a plastic bottle and went, wonder what happens if we just don't go home? My husband and I sat and watched our aeroplane fly over our head and we stayed in Costa Rica for 18 years. But I think the main thing is, and and I'm going to refer back to horses again, you know, when I first went to Costa Rica, I had this dream that I was going to inspire all these people to not treat their horses like crap. And I suddenly realized, you know what? Nobody cares what I have to say. Nobody's nobody's particularly paying attention. But you can lead by example. And everybody's journey is their own. You know, you can tell people that what you're doing is great. But, in, you know, how do you know what an apple tastes like unless you bite it? So my thing was just to lead by example, do my thing. And then the people that are interested will start to ask questions. And I don't think you can drag people over to your side of the fence if they're just not ready. Because, you know, for some people, the way that we live our life would be a hell on earth. For other people, they're just like, woohoo, sign me up. (laughs) What do I do? So it's respecting that everybody is different. But, you know, usually I think it is a fear-based thing. And when people do finally do it or, you know, spread their wings a little bit, it generally feels good. But it's not for everybody. Yeah. What about you, Cal? I agree with the show by example. It's one of the things that really inspired us to start our podcast, Grab Life by the Reins, is because we wanted to share, every time we were together, we started talking about stories. And we found that when we we do events sometimes with our, our students, our riding and horsemanship students, and when we were with them, we would be telling stories just around the dinner table. And we noticed how people really enjoyed the stories. So it got us thinking, you know, we could we could actually share these and it would hopefully brighten someone's day, give someone a laugh, and also maybe inspire them. So I think for me too, that being really lighthearted about it and just sharing my own experiences and trusting that if they connect to someone and help to to pull them into a different experience of life, that's great. And I try not to spend much time engaging with or worrying about those that don't like my life choices. And being a, a public figure in the, you know, the very small domain of uh, riders, I got a good bit of kickback, actually, when I moved to Mexico of people that were quite unhappy mm-hmm. about my decision. And uh, I 
I did my best just to ignore it. I would respond to people, but I didn't I didn't take it on and I didn't get into dialogues of defending what I was doing. Yeah, I mean, I it's so interesting too. Like, I think it just as you grow as a person and you get older, right? You do get more wise. And I think you care less about what people think of you. And it's just, it's more important to me to be able to sleep at night, you know? And I'm much more driven by the fear of regret and, you know, not being able to say that I did that or I tried that or I did the best I could. So, you know, like I know this is maybe off tangent, but like just a couple of sort of adventures that I'm about to go on in March, March 1st or the 4th, I'm going down to Key Largo by myself and I'm going scuba diving. It's with like a group of people like in an entrepreneurial sort of club that I'm in um, and we do a retreat. But this is the first time I'm like going by myself and go scuba diving. And at first I was like, I I do this to myself a lot of times. So I'm like, oh yeah, no big deal, scuba diving. And then I'm like looking further into it. I'm like, wait, we're going to be 60 feet in the water? Like what? I don't, I don't even like what, what happens? And I haven't done any of the training either. I'm also a procrastinator. So you have to do like an online training thing and then you do a pool thing once you get there, but I haven't even started any of that stuff. And I'm just like getting glimpses of like, I also know that my computer, like tracks my history, right? Like nothing's private. So I'm starting to see shark videos on Instagram. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh my God, the phone knows I'm about to go scuba diving. And I keep on seeing all these like crazy shark videos, like a scuba diver saying like, what if you, if you <laughs> encounter a shark while you're scuba diving, don't thrash around, smoothly swim up to the shark and pet its nose and push it away. And I'm thinking, there is no way in fucking hell I'm going to be able to push a shark away from me. Like, I'm just going to be like, you know what? This is it. This is it. I'm done. I'm done. And I'm going to be in the belly of a shark soon. So I'm a little nervous wreck about it, but I'm not going to back out. I'm going to go for it. And um, I mean, stay tuned. Uh, if I'm eaten by a shark, well, there you go. But this is another thing that I'm doing. Well, actually, I can't even talk about it right now because my kids are in the next room and it's a surprise for them. So they can probably they'll probably hear me and I'll ruin it. But it's a pretty epic trip across the country to see someone in concert. And everyone thinks I'm crazy. They're like, why would you travel by yourself with your children to a foreign country to see some broad on concert? And I'm like, this is going to be such an adventure. We cannot pass it up. And I think what my hope is, it's not even about the concert. It's about the adventure of it, right? I want them to experience what it's like to be a little uncomfortable and have these experiences that they're never going to forget. And my hope is that, you know, they continue and do that with their children. But it could also backfire because they could be like, my mom was batshit crazy. She had us all over the place. And now we just want this quintessential simple life and, you know, wherever. I have to let go. I got to let it go. Like they're going to do whatever they want to do. Right. But anyway, I just wanted to uh, kind of like tell that story. And also I would love for y'all to share if you have any adventures coming up that we can like hear about on the podcast. Well, my adventure, I only have one planned adventure this year. Most of my adventures just end up kind of like coming out of nowhere. And I think that's something that happens even more easily living in Latin America. You know, you go out for a day and you think you're just going to the grocery store and it turns out being an adventure. But in August, I'm going back to Mongolia. So I was in Mongolia in 22 for a race and I'm going back this year because I wanted to take in a bit more without being speeding along in the race. So I'm. 
going to be there for several weeks and going on a like a 10-day packing trip with horses. And I'm hoping to get to ride a reindeer because we're going to some of the last groups of people that use reindeer. They milk them, they ride them, they are, I mean, these reindeer are like the sustenance of their life. So we're going to go learn about their culture hopefully ride some reindeer, meet some reindeer. I'm really excited. So we'll definitely be talking about that on the podcast. And this is a reindeer in Mongolia? Yes. Yeah, Northern Mongolia. Wow. That's going to be incredible. I don't think I've ever seen a reindeer in real life. I was just going to say, I've got a lot of people being like, are you going to see Rudolph? Is that the kind of reindeer that you're going to see? (laughs) So I don't know. He might be hiding out there. I'll let you know if I find him. Yeah, or Sven. Sven from Frozen uh, is a reindeer. I don't know if you even watched Frozen. (laughs) I'll watch it so I know who he is. Okay, Andrea, you're up. Yeah, so I've definitely been getting itchy feet because when I lived in Costa Rica for 18 years, every single day was an insane adventure. And as Callie said, I walked across Costa Rica with a horse. I had incredible amounts of, of adventure. Almost maybe too much. Sometimes it was just nice to have a slightly calmer life. But we came back to England at the start of COVID to take care of family. And we ended up deciding it was time now to be back home in Cornwall. But I felt myself recently, I've been talking to Callie, I was like, oh boy, I'm getting twitchy. It's time to get get on the road again. So I do travel quite a lot. Callie and I are working together in California in May, but I'm going to be going on a big adventure with my horse. I just want to get out, start walking. And I started off by saying, oh, I think I'm just going to walk coast to coast in England. And then I'm like, wow, maybe I could go end to end, like Land's End to John O'Groats in Scotland. Maybe I could do that. So there's a big adventure coming, hopefully this spring, where I'll just start walking with my horse and see where it leads me and all the amazing people I'll meet along the way. And yeah, it'll be fun to explore my home country. Wow. For the horse ignorant, like when you say you're just going to go start walking with your horse. You're you're like camping out with your horse too, right? Like the horse is the mode of transportation and your your traveling companion. But like, can you kind of go into more detail about like, what exactly does that mean? You're just walking with your horse. Yeah, I mean, I would map it out and I'll probably have a backup team because they'll need to carry like horse food and things like that. But we might even stay on farms if there's bed and breakfast farmhouses somewhere that my horse can be. Uh, safely or we will have tents and camp along the way and make a little corral for Branner. And I don't know yet whether we'll go by ourselves or whether we'll take people with us. I don't know. I like the idea of going by myself. (laughs) I like that. Wow, that's awesome. So you did talk a little bit about, about your husband. Like, did he know, is he a horse person too? And did he know what he was signing up for when he married you? He was like, this is just going to be a life of adventure and um, I'm along for the ride. No pun intended. Well, to be honest, he was the adventure man because he's a surfer and he traveled the world every single winter. He would work where we are is quite seasonal in Cornwall. There's a lot of tourist business. And, you know, we met when I was 23, so we were quite young, but he spent his sort of teenage and early adult years working all summer, saving all his money and then traveling the world. So he literally went on every continent surfing. So It was me that needed to be dragged into the adventure side of things. But he always knew that horses were playing a part. But now when I say to him, oh, I've got this feeling I want to go on an adventure, you can just see him going, 
oh boy, where are you going to end up? I mean, Callie and I have talked about really crazy ideas of like, let's go somewhere in America and get Mustangs and ride them to Mexico. My husband, who would be the backup crew and, and Callie's boyfriend, Danny, I think are a bit like, there's limits to this adventure. Like, let's not be too crazy. So yeah, it's like the tables turned a little bit. Is there a challenge that you have that that is still on your bucket list? Like, I, I mean, again, I, I'm so ignorant when it comes to horses and, and that entire industry, really. So maybe you're like, duh, this is what we're known for. But like, have you, what do you call it? Tame a Mustang? Like, what is like the big challenge, aha, like moment where like, if I could do that, I would like feel, well, you know, this is the problem with us. We're, we're never done. You know, we just move on to another challenge. We just move the the goalpost and, and try something else new. But what would you say in like looking back has been your, you know, biggest accomplishment or what are you still like, what is that thing you're still chasing? Yeah, well, for me, it's not the obvious. You know, horses don't owe me anything anymore. You know, I don't need to achieve anything with the horse. I think the biggest achievement for me was allowing myself to change and go, you know what, the mainstream horse industry is not for me and that I care more about the friendship and the and the relationship and the connection with horses. So my biggest thing is just constantly who do I need to be to be able to connect with these horses rather than trying to achieve something on the back of the horse or whatever. I don't, you know, I've done really cool things with horses. I don't feel like I need to do that anymore. But like the goal of walking with Branna and going places with her is about learning more about the horses all the time. It's just learning more and trying to share it so that horses can have a better life, really. Yeah, I mean, and that sounds like a documentary. We need to get, we need to get a documentary crew to come with you. And with, with your walk and then, and like, how long would that take? Would it, would it take like months? Because then, I mean, is there a way that I can come and like hang out for a night or something? (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you know when I finish planning it. I mean, what, this is how my life goes. It started off just being a few days and then it was like maybe a week. And then it's like, well, actually, if I took a month or two, (laughs) And my husband's just like, oh, boy, here we go. So, you know, I'm the girl that thought we could cross Costa Rica using Google Maps, you know, through the indigenous zone and through the rainforest. And not always that easy. So there's a lot of planning to do. But of course, you can come and hang out. Oh, my God, I can't wait. Well, it's got to happen now because I'm on board. (laughs) What about you, Callie? Oh, man. Well, I've always got a uh, a bucket list a mile long of things that I want to experience and things that I want to learn and things that I want to do. As I was just um, reviewing it in my mind, I don't think I've got much on there related to horses these days. It's more around the things that are newer in my life, water sports, surfing, um, doing some long swims, travel destinations, Experiencing different cultures. That's one of the things that has pulled me to go to Mongolia, uh, to the to the reindeer people. And yeah, I think that's that's most um learn I want to learn more languages. So those are the kind of things that are that are pulling me right now. Yeah, I mean it's interesting too, because like when I find I'm talking to people who are so 
on board with trying new things. They're lifelong learners. They're, usually they are entrepreneurs. You have just this zest for life. And it's like, will there be enough time to, to do all the things? And so, you know, that's like something that I'm constantly thinking about. And, you know, I certainly need to do a better job of taking care of myself, my health, so that I can check all the boxes and make sure I can get all the things done on the bucket list. So anyway, I've, I feel like we could talk forever because this is so much fun. I mean, maybe I'll come to Mongolia with you, Callie. Like, let me know when that's happening. I'd love to come ride a reindeer. <laughs> You're like, no, you can't just jump on the back of a reindeer. You have to like, you know, she's like, I'm, I'm sure you're thinking like, there's no way in hell. You don't know even what to do with a horse. So maybe I should take a lesson or something. If you can swim up to the shark and pet his nose, I'm sure you're <laughs> going to be able to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, have y'all, have y'all, I'm sure you've done scuba diving. No, I haven't crazy this is so this is something that I'm gonna have done that you haven't well you're gonna have to do it after I get it done I'm also I'm like an all-in person like so once I do something then it's like okay well how much more of this can I do and I'm just like a bring I want to bring everyone along for the fun you know like I don't want to be up at a summit or 60 feet underwater by myself again I get so much fulfillment overseeing other people you know accomplish these really cool things in life so well I'll we'll have to stay in touch because I would love to just you know I'm, I'm hopefully you're going to talk about all this on your podcast and share it I love that you guys share so much of your lives on social media it's important to really share that experience with people and I hope you realize how much you're inspiring people to try new things and go on that adventure and grab life by the reins that's right. We definitely need the scuba diving report when you get back so that we can do that. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's, so that's March 1st through the 4th. All right, well, it was so great talking to you both. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And for any listeners, can you share more about the podcast and where they can hear about your more adventures? Yes. So we have Grab Life by the Reins is our podcast, and you can find that anywhere that you get your podcasts. And also for those of you listening that are interested in horse education, that may also be riders or horse people, uh, we have horseclass.com and you can work with myself or with Andrea through our courses and events there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Callie. And any, Andrea, did you want to add anything else? Oh, just thank you so much for having us. It's been really good fun. I can't wait to hear about your um, scuba diving adventures. And maybe we will see pictures of you riding a reindeer real soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would love that. I would love that so much. Well, thank you again so much for being here. And we will follow up for sure because there's lots of more adventures that lie ahead for us. Hey, everyone. So on this week's FaceTime Mom Moments segment, it is borrowed from Jenny O'Keefe, my really good friend. She was formerly known as Mama Toga. She was like the very first mommy blogger in Saratoga and became a very big resource for me when I had my first daughter. So she is going to share with us a FaceTime Mom Moment. She has plenty being a mom of six. And here it is. My FacePalm Mom Moment happened when I stepped out of the car at preschool drop-off like this. Slippers. I'm wearing slippers. Speaking of Jenny, she is actually our guest on next week's episode, and I can't wait for you to hear us catch up about motherhood and juggling all the things in life. So tune in. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you want to connect with me, slide into my DMs on Instagram. My handle is Katherine Hover.